Representative Matt Gates having a lot of fun in Congress introducing the Hunter Biden laptop hard drive into the congressional record. When he did that, Chairman Jerry Nadler, who normally walks around Congress with a 35-pound diaper, increased the weight of it to 37 pounds because he didn't know what to do with this new hard drive, and he definitely did not want it in the congressional record. Here's what that sounded like when Matt Gates did it. Let's tell you what, Mr. Chairman, I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record of this committee the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop, Ooh. which I'm in possession of. Put it in. What do you I say, Jerry? Not... Come on, Jerry. There's no objection to that. No objections. Go ahead. Now, they're having a serious conversation. Jerry's very confused. Okay, we're going to hear from him in a minute. I've never had... We will object pending further uh, investigation. What's the basis of that objection? Why are you objecting? Well, watch. It's unanimous consent request, and I object pending... Well, I have a subsequent question. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record the receipt... It may very well be... From entered, the Mac shop. It may very well be entered into the record after we look at it further. Very well, Mr. Chairman, um, I have a subsequent unanimous consent. Oh, I'm sorry. Mr. Chairman, I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record the receipt from the Department Mr. of Mr. Justice Chairman, this is to Ms. Deming. the Mac shop. Am I next? Or, without, or am I without, next? Or? Without, without objection. Thanks. And now Ms. Demings. Um, uh, thank oh. you so much. Uh, Mr. Chairman. And, so they and thank did, you. definitely did not want uh, that going into the record. And the reason why, obviously, is because everything on there is horrific and pretty damning for the Biden team, the Biden administration. And so they wanted uh, that gone. Now, we also know that this was taking place during the questioning of a much deeper issue. We see this gentleman down here at the bottom is the assistant director of the FBI cyber division. And he was in front of the House of Representatives to answer a bunch of questions about, you know, the U.S. cyber capabilities or whatever, which I don't know. Do we have any? Who knows? They're there to only focus on that specific issue. But Matt Gates is like, hey, you know, this is a cybersecurity issue right now. Hunter Biden's laptop's out there. And I want to know where it is because I've got copies of this. But my question to you is, where is it? Do the Chinese have it? Do the Russians have it? We know that the Russians are supposedly about to take out the United States through a cyber attack. Is there anything on this laptop that might be able to be uh, jeopardized? to be used by the Russians to compromise the United States? I don't know. Good question, Matt Gates, And he's going to be asking that of the, of the FBI, but they don't want to answer that question. They're scared to death of that question because they know that they were highly involved in keeping all of this under wraps during the election and in the subsequent months. Here's what Matt Gates was asking of this FBI agent today. So where is it? The laptop. Any idea? Sir, I'm not here to talk about the laptop. Of course, I'm here you're to not. talk about the FBI cyber program. You are yeah. the assistant director of FBI cyber. I want to know where Hunter Biden's laptop is. Where is it? Sir, I don't know that answer. That is astonishing to me. Is, has, has FBI cyber assessed whether or not Hunter Biden's laptop could be a point of vulnerability, allowing America's enemies to hurt our country? Sir. The FBI cyber program is based off of what's codified in Title 18, ah. um, Title 18, Section 1030, a code which talks about really? computer intrusions, right, using nefarious intent. Network well, you've talked about passwords here. I mean, Hunter Biden's password on his laptop was Hunter 02. He drops it off at a repair store. I'm holding the receipt from Max Computer Repair, where in December 2019, 
They turned over this laptop to the FBI. And what now you're telling me right here is that as the assistant director of FBI cyber, you don't know where this is after it was turned over to you three years ago. Yes, sir. That's an accurate statement. Ooh, accurate statement. You have no idea where it is. Okay. So uh, this guy's just confused. He's going to refer back to title 18 or whatever the code is that he's referencing. He's saying it's all in there. I can't talk about any of this stuff. And it's not really relevant to why we're here today. Now, of course, Matt Gates says, well, Hunter 02 is a very easy password for anybody to guess. We know that there are problematic things on the Hunter Biden laptop hard drive that have already been leaked out. I think the entire hard drive might be out at this point, but it is not good. And we know also because of corroborated reporting that Joe Biden was attending many of the meetings that Hunter Biden had with some of these people of other foreign governments, many of them taking place in Ukraine with Burisma. Many people sending emails saying, hey, thanks for connecting us with your dad. And so did Hunter Biden have it? Did he type any notes about any of these meetings? Did Hunter Biden have any connections with Joe and Joe told him something that may have been classified that he leaked out to somewhere? Right. There's there's all sorts of security concerns here. You don't even need to be somebody who studies this to recognize that a crackhead son who was the vice president's son, who was privy to all sorts of confidential and complicated information who happens to be a drug addict exploited by people all over the world who forgets his laptop. We're talking about $142,000 of cars and money, $55,000, $50,000 a month payroll on Boris. Big, big money, big stakes. And this is not a security concern. The FBI doesn't want to even answer questions in front of the committees in which they appear. Very curious. So Matt Gates continues on, and I think really on the right side of this issue thoroughly, introduced a new resolution. Here's what it looks like. This one doesn't have a number on it yet, but it says recognizing the erroneous and misleading allegations that came out of our so-called intelligence community some time ago, right before the election. Remember when all this Hunter Biden stuff was coming out? And remember when 51 dumb intelligence officials, so-called, signed a letter saying that none of it was true. And they published that on October 19th, an October surprise, because Hunter Biden was going to be damaging to Biden at the polls, to his daddy president. So 51 so-called former intelligence officials draft this letter and they say, listen, we're smart. We used to work at big government bureaucracies. And so we can detail with authority exactly what the truth is behind these allegations. Matt Gates submitted this and it's referencing what this article detailed Back when this was published, Politico promoted this story, and they said more than 50 intelligence officials signed a letter casting doubt on the New York Post story, which has turned out to be 100% true, corroborated by the New York Times, in fact, saying that all of this was bunk, essentially. This is what the letter was. This was written on October 19th, says we are all individuals. We're part of the intelligence community, and we're writing this to let you know that we see Russia as one of our primary adversaries. Okay, The whole story was already in motion way before the election ever took place. So this was all being concocted well in October. Say a few of us worked against Russian information for the last several years, and they say that all this is very important. All of us agree the founding fathers would agree with us that we got to do what we can to protect our democracy from foreign affairs. For all of these reasons, here's what we say. All of this about Hunter Biden, much of it related to his time with Ukraine Burisma, all they say has classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. Okay. Well, it turns out they're all wrong. You know, none of this turned out to be true. And all, uh, this has been corroborated by the New York Times, their own newspaper. And they, these are the people who are the intelligence officials 
who were able to draft that letter because they're so smart and they know so much that they can easily identify Russian information operations or misinformation operations. These people, Jim Clapper, former director of national intelligence, so-called, former undersecretary, defense for intelligence, and a bunch of other alphabet agencies. We have Mike Hayden. Remember Leon Panetta? This guy right here, former director of the CIA. Wow. Former secretary of defense. Man, he must be really smart. He must know real intelligence versus misinformation. Ah, dang it. He got this one wrong though. Same with Jim Clapper. Also, John Brennan, who is supposedly one of the smartest people in this country, former Central Intelligence a Agency director, former White House Homeland Security and Counterterrorism agent, former director, Terrorism Threat Integration Center, all over the place. Got it wrong. Totally wrong. Not even close to being right. It is clearly political, and they had a political ax to grind. They did it when they did it for the reason of harming Trump and electing Biden. And now Matt Gates is saying that you people should have consequences for your colossal errors, recognizing the erroneous and misleading allegations back in that letter that came out October 19, 2020, whereas they say 51 former intelligence officials signed that document, attesting to this document. I stand by this letter. I am promising to you, America, that as a former CIA director, I can take a look at these facts, come to a conclusion, and provide you with the truth. They signed it, and I'm sure it was consequential. October 14th, New York Post previously reported that they got a massive trove of data from Hunter's laptop. It belonged to Hunter Biden. 51 people responded to that October 14th story, and they say that this has the clear earmarks of a Russian information operation. Matt Gates did here and listed every single one of these people who signed off on this thing. We covered a couple of them. Hayden, Panetta, Brennan, Finger. We've got Legit, McLaughlin, Morrill, Rasmussen. Big list of so-called intelligence people who all were wrong, right? They all said, I believe in this so thoroughly that I'll sign my name to it. Turns out totally wrong. Uh-oh. You feel bad about that? Are you going to retract your statement at all? No, of course not. So what's Matt Gates wants to do? He wants to impose some consequences. Here he says, he's continuing on laying the foundation for this, telling us that the New York Post story was proven. The distribution of the letter that was written occurred 15 days before the election, whereas the authorized access as a platform, they said, using authorized access as a platform to discredit legitimate reporting is falsely informed the public prior to the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. They say on October 19th, DNI National Intelligence John Ratcliffe appeared on television, who was part of the Trump administration back at that time. And he said, this is not part of Russian disinformation. So you had the Trump DNI who came out and said, no, it's not Russian disinformation. It's real. Uh, I think it's clear the American people know that. Then you have 51 dummies come out and say the opposite. So who do you believe? Well, turns out one of them was right. DNI Ratcliffe was not the others. So he says, Twitter also locked out President Trump. I'm sorry, and locked out New York Post account following the days of that report. They didn't want this truth to spread. So they censored a political enemy from the political conversation because it hurt their side. Whereas on April 8th, 2021, the Daily Mail reported 103,000 text messages, 154,000 emails, more than 2,000 photos, all authenticated by forensic experts. 
Very interesting. And uh, they said, these intelligence people, that it was Russian disinformation, but authenticated by experts. March 17th, New York Times then comes out, publishes an article tacitly referring to the same emails that are being used in the grand jury probe into his finances. Oh, man, that means that the government must also have them and think that they are legitimate, which is why they're using them as a basis and part of a criminal investigation. Because they wouldn't be using Russian disinformation as part of a criminal investigation, now would they? No, they wouldn't. Here you see, whereas on March 22nd, four of the 51 signatories have issued sustained support for their letter, doubling down on it, saying, no, we stand by what we said. Yeah, I know we're wrong, or you say we're wrong, but I don't think we're wrong, and we stand by it. Matt Gates says, accordingly, whereas this resolution shall be known as the spook who cried wolf resolution, referring to these 51 people, now therefore be it resolved that in this sense, the House of Representatives, that the 51 signatories of that letter who published and falsely decried Hunter Biden's laptop to be Russian disinformation, he says, should be barred, barred from holding any level of security clearances indefinitely. Oh, you're former CIA. You get those uh, daily briefings and reports, and we appreciate your uh, participation in all this. Not anymore, because your intelligence is pretty bad, and it was very uh, disturbing to the American people. Turns out everything that you promised was wrong. And maybe that was, in fact, consequential to who happens to be running the country. And it wasn't that they were just sort of mistakenly wrong. They knew what they were doing. They knowingly put that letter together so that they could concoct a narrative to fight back against the pending problems that the Biden team was going to be facing when November 3rd hit. Jerry Nadler today didn't want that document introduced in front of Congress or to be made part of the congressional record, left him feeling a little bit stuck. My question is, how big is Jerry Nadler's diaper these days? Now that Matt Gates tried to get this thing introduced and Jerry Nadler took 30 seconds to figure out what type of objection to lodge, he's probably at 37 and a half pounds. That would be my guess. Let me know what you think down in the comments below. I would love it if you subscribed, shared this video, followed us wherever it is you're watching this because I look forward to seeing you on the next one.